Nerd, the show, the podcast that we hope becomes your gold standard for all things Notre Dame sports. I'm Todd Burlidge, contributing writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated, do a little bit of work for the Associated Press and for the university itself. As always, joined by Mason Plummer. Mason Plummer writes for SlapTheSign.com, does a great job. He is my recruiting guru. He is the man. He's a Ball State student. We like our dynamic because I'm the old guy that's been around here for a long time. Mason is the young guy that gets the scoop on stuff. Mason, what's going on, man? Spending the Memorial Day weekend with some family, but a lot's going on Notre Dame recruiting news, so I've been keeping busy. You can find me at Todd Burlidge on Twitter. You can find Mason at MasonPlumber6, numeral 6 on Twitter. The Gold Standard is brought to you by Generations Barbershop. Located on Lincoln Way East, Generations is open Tuesday through Saturday by appointment only. Check them out on Facebook at Generations Barbershop, a local shop with a Notre Dame feel. And some gossip. I know that because I've been there. A lot to cover today. Father Jenkins came out and kind of laid an outline of exactly what's going to happen with Notre Dame football. We also have Mason's wonderful edition of Recruiting News. And we're going to wrap the show up a little bit later on. I had a chance to talk with Mike Bray, what he wants his kids to do. But as we start every show... Gold Rush. CBS Sports this week provided its list of all top 65 Power 5 coaches. And Brian Kelly came in number five. Ed Orgeron, LSU, reigning national champion, was number four. Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, was number three. Dabo Sweeney, number two at Clemson. And guess what? Nick Saban, number one, Alabama. Neil Ivey, the new Notre Dame women's basketball head coach, decided to part ways with longtime assistant Beth Morgan Cunningham as a women's basketball assistant coach. And this spring, Josh Adams, Troy Nicholas, Julian Love, Came back and got their degrees. Jalen Smith last year. Expect Cole Komet to be the next. Notre Dame coaches' salaries for 2019 were released. Notable ones include head football coach Brian Kelly at $1.8 million, head men's basketball coach Mike Bray at $1.6 million, and Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick making just over $2.5 million per year. Ian Book getting some more preseason love. And when it comes to sporting news, top 25 quarterbacks rated for 2020, Book is number five. Not surprisingly, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, number one. Justin Fields, Ohio State, number two. Sam Howell, North Carolina, number three. And Sam Ellinger, number four. Gold Rush. The only thing really to talk about, Mason, at the top of the show is everything that happened as far as will there, won't there be football this season. I think we're going to see how a lot of different universities handle this in the, in the next upcoming weeks who's ready to go for it and who's going to lay back a little bit. Not only, as you mentioned, universities looking at these things, what about individual athletes that aren't comfortable coming back? This is a clip from Notre Dame University President John I. Jenkins to today's show, NBC Today Show host, Savannah Guthrie. One of the most interesting aspects of your plans here is the schedule, a tightened up schedule. You start school earlier, you skip that fall break and send everybody home at Thanksgiving. What's the thinking behind that? You know, the great danger is medical experts tell us, and we, we've talked to a lot of really, really uh, expert people on this issue. When you bring them uh, together after they went all around the nation and the world, they're going to bring back pathogens. And so if you can get them here, test them, you know, have a healthy community, and then don't send them away until the semester's over, you're much more likely to have uh, to control the spread of any infections and to have a healthy campus. So that's why we're doing that. It's a little, little unusual, 
but uh, but we think it will help us be a safe campus in the fall. You know what we're going to do is talk to the students, and uh, you know I find young people if if it's important and uh, they believe in it, they step up and they challenge one another to step up, and I believe that's what's going to happen. They want to be back on campus. That's what I hear overwhelmingly from our students. The, online was fine, but they want to be back, and to, to achieve that goal, I think they're going to work with us. I believe they will. What about football? <laughs> You've got fans across the country. Uh, you, are there, is there a chance that football could come back? Well, you know, that our primary focus has been our educational mission, so that's what we've thought about to this point. But obviously, we're going to talk about athletics. It's not just our decision. It's a decision of all institutions in Division I across the nation. And so we're going to talk to them, and we'll see what, what is safe and what is possible. I hope we'll have sports. I hope we'll have football. We'll just have to see. But when it comes to Notre Dame, Mason, I keep looking at this California news since we last chatted. Timothy White. He's the California State University Chancellor, but he also oversees 23 California-based universities. They've already canceled fall in-person classes. 500,000 students will be doing their fall classes online. There are three Division I football teams in this group, Fresno State, San Diego State, and San Jose State. Mason, the way California is really being cautious about the way they're going about things, which it would include teams like USC and Stanford, a couple of Notre Dame opponents, might fall under this category of no football this year. If USC and Stanford indeed are run off the schedule, there's already talk of maybe Hawaii, Texas A&M, maybe a TCU out there. I just can't help but wonder, Mason, what, what does this schedule potentially look like? Yeah, there's a lot of solid football teams out in California when they're deciding to be very conservative, you know, potentially rightfully so, with opening up their universities and campuses and allowing football to go on. You know, football is not the most important thing in the world, but it is an important thing as far as revenue goes. Right. And it affects teams way out, a school like Notre Dame, who relies on Stanford and USC to be a heavy part of their schedule year to year. So when you're talking about both of those games not being able to be played, those are games that need to be quickly replaced if they decide that they're not going to play at all. And it's not easy to just throw teams on a schedule. It could very easily just be a blank week for Notre Dame as well. It's such a collision of state legislation, university legislation. By the numbers. 23. Notre Dame tight ends have been drafted since the AFL and the NFL merged in 1966. Brian Kelly has five of those. Cole Komet in 2020, Troy Nicholas 2014, Tyler Eifert 2013, Kyle Rudolph 2011. Six, former Irish on the LA Chargers, Jerry Tillery, first round pick, Drew Tranquil, Isaac Rochelle, Alohi Gilman, unsigned free agents, Dante Vaughn, a cornerback, and a linebacker, Asmar Bilal from this most recent team, BK, he wants season tickets. All right, let's get to recruiting, Mason. I saw you tweeted out, Mason Plummer, numeral six, Mike Mickens, the new Notre Dame cornerbacks coach. We already know he landed Philip Riley a great get. We talked about that last show. Now he goes out and he gets Nick McLeod, an NC State grad transfer that contribute um, that can contribute immediately. Mike Mickens is absolutely making a media impact. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're talking about landing guys like Riley and Nick McLeod, a guy who's really underrated and undervalued because he plays at NC State. Still playing solid ACC competition. He's got 21 starts at NC State. Would have had more last season. 
if it weren't for an MCL injury, which is repaired just fine. And that's what was really a selling point for Notre Dame is that McLeod's going to be just fine to play. And I expect him to come in and start. That helps out Sean Crawford a lot. Uh, Todd, as we know, and as many Notre Dame fans know, that Sean Crawford is a guy that tends to get injured quite a bit. And if you can keep him off the field, unless he's absolutely necessary, where he makes the biggest impact for you, that's what you want to see. So I expect McLeod to start next to Tree Bracey on the corner spots and then have uh, Sean Crawford rotate in on nickel and dime sets for the Notre Dame defense. Man, it's so nice to get a guy you can plug and play at that position group because that there is a shortage there for sure. Maybe it's not the most impactful recruit here, and I know you have some more guys, but certainly it hits home to my heart. A 2022 guy, Bobby Taylor Jr. Guys like us, we remember Bobby Taylor Sr., consensus All-American here in 1991, big dude, 10 years in the NFL. His son, a 2022 defensive back, was extended a scholarship. Yeah, this is one that Notre Dame wants to get on very early. Obviously a legacy here with Bobby Taylor Jr. He's a he's a very highly rated corner out of Texas. He's very athletic. He, uh, he has nice hips. He's very quick. Whether Notre Dame will land him or not and pull him out of Texas, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure on that. I haven't got the chance to talk to Taylor just yet. Nobody really can gauge his interest on Notre Dame. But you have to imagine, considering his father, that Notre Dame is definitely a priority on his list, Todd. All right, he's 2022, so let's stick to 2021. You and I talked a little bit off the air here. You, you're interested in this Prince Collie guy a 2021 linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. And who isn't at this point? Everybody seems to be jumping on Prince Colley, the 2021 linebacker out of Tennessee. It seems like he was flying under the radar for quite a while. And then a lot of teams jumping on him quickly. He goes to a small high school in Tennessee. It doesn't garner the most attention, but Colley has just released his top 10. And it does include Notre Dame. He's got Notre Dame, LSU, Wake Forest, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, Virginia, Louisville, Oklahoma and Texas. So, yeah, like I said, Todd, a lot of heavy hitters in that recruitment, but he actually reminds me of quite a bit of Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, mm. a guy who I expect to be the leader on the Notre Dame defense this upcoming season. Yeah, and probably a top three round draft pick next year because he was amazing. So you think Collie's that good? He reminds me a lot. He has the same the same traits and the same build and almost the same recruiting story as Wusukoromoa. Cormo was a guy that Notre Dame took late on in that recruiting class and ended up being a great pull. And, and it's very similar with Kali here. And Notre Dame's showing him a lot of attention. And he plays the rover position very well already. So you're really seeing Clark Lee go out and recruit the rover position even more. Wusu Cormo was the first recruited to play it. And he's shown brightly in that position. I think Kali can do the same a few years down the road. Indeed. And you have a wonderful interview that I, I should have introduced on the top of the show with a 2022 tight end, the best in the business, actually, the best in the country with Jack Nickel. And we'll get to that in a a second here. But when you're talking about the 2021 guys, I always want to look into your crystal ball, Mason. Is there anybody you think that you can predict as the next commitment? There's a couple guys that have been really on my radar recently, Todd. And we know everybody, we'd be amiss if we didn't talk every single podcast about Rocco Spindler just because he's that good, right? Rocco Spindler, the offensive guard from Michigan. There's Jaden Thomas, a wide receiver from the heart of Atlanta, who I expect Notre Dame to be a very heavy hitter on. He's down between Notre Dame and Georgia, looks to be at this point. Jaden Thomas, a very smart kid. He really likes what Notre Dame has going on up there. He plays in the slot. And then as well, Ryan Barnes, a three-star corner. He He's expected to be visiting as soon as all this thing is over, Todd, if it ever ends at this point. It seems like yeah, Ryan, Ryan Barnes is a really a, a great kid from Quince Orchard High School in Maryland. He's a, he's a really lanky corner at 6'2", 180, something wow. 
that Notre Dame doesn't quite have within its quarterback ranks. Tight end Jack Nickel. He recently received an ND off, but Mason, again, being the old guy, I remember his father, Paul Nickel. He was a tight end in Stanford in 1990. Stanford came into Notre Dame and bumped off the number one Irish after Notre Dame had won 27 of 28 games. But as you mentioned in this interview, tight end you, let's pop it in. Next on the gold standard, we'd love to welcome on Jack Nickel, a 6'4", 230-pound tight end out of Alpharetta, Georgia, top-ranked tight end in the 2022 class, Max Prep's first-team All-American. I just want to get straight into it with you, Jack. So, obviously, a recent offer from Notre Dame. What did that mean to you? Uh, it means so much, considering Notre Dame checked so many boxes. Um, I got to visit in the fall, and I love the campus, and I love how they use their tight ends, and the academics are amazing. So an offer like that is uh, really, really intriguing. Have you locked down a top group, maybe like a top 10 or 15? It looks like you got quite an offer list already, including Ohio State, Wisconsin, Oregon, and Florida State, some of the heavy hitters in college football. Right now, I'm just keeping all my options open. I think after the football season, I'll have more of an idea. But right now, I'm just really keeping everything open at all schools. Notre Dame seems to be building a a pipeline in Georgia, right around where you're from, actually. Can you talk a little bit about what the Notre Dame staff is getting in you, in you and then what they're doing to get kids like yourself to consider a school like Notre Dame when you're really in the heart of SEC country? What they're getting out of me is they're going to get a really tough blocker and a receiver who's also going to help a lot in the passing game. Uh, I think I have a really all-around game. You know, some guys are just receivers and some guys are just blockers, but I, I think I do both really well. What are they doing to get guys such as yourself out of SEC country and away from the Georgias and Alabamas of the world? I think it's the whole football history in the past Notre Dame has had, and the tradition is just really special, and the, the academics are a lot better than a lot of the schools down here. So would you consider academics to be something that's really important to you? Oh, for sure. My dad played tight end at Stanford, so academics in my family are important. And I was doing some research on you and your family, actually. You're, I believe your dad was on that 1990 team, that Stanford team that played against Notre Dame. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I think he was, okay. he, was two and, he was two and two against Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame twice, both in South Bend. Do you have any visits planned for the fall or even in the, in the summer? In the fall, I'm going to try to see Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Iowa, and uh, South Carolina and Ohio State. And also, also Florida State. Yeah, it was great to talk to Jack Nickel there, obviously, and kind of a record running in with Notre Dame, and him and I got to talk about both him and his dad and their relationship with Notre Dame. He's a guy, he's a kid, as we talked about in the interview, really rates academics, so it appears to me that it'll come down to Notre Dame and Stanford at this point if he wants to have some high football and some really high-level academics, Todd. I want to slip something in here. We're all talking about football. Everything's football. But Notre Dame's basketball also has to get gone here. They usually have some workouts in the summer. They're very much in limbo, especially when you look at Father Jenkins' timeline, where it almost sounds like shut the campus down after Thanksgiving, after the fall semester. That leaves Mike Bray in limbo. Again, this is all up in the air. We have to wait for it to be seen. But I did have a chance to catch up with Mike Bray a few weeks ago, and these are some of the things, some of the challenges he was looking at and some of the challenges that he put forth to his players. One thing about basketball as opposed to football, this is my opinion. Again, I'm, you know, 
basketball guys can always go find a gym and hoop and 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 find a way to do some strength training whereas football losing all that training yeah physically and that, I, I think you know my my outside look is you know football guys really need to be conditioned before they start hitting and doing their stuff and uh, well basketball you know i actually said to our staff the other day i wonder if playground basketball you know makes a comeback this summer you know, if gyms are closed and the weather gets better, guys will start hooping out on the playgrounds like the old days. And then I take like a bigger picture thing on this, Todd, and I say, you know, how do you use it as a teaching, uh, you know, moment or whatever? You know, for a, for our current guys that are coming back, you know, they have it pretty darn good. You know, they they've got great resources, great help academically, nutrition strength training they got a lot of people almost to the point in my opinion we hold their hand too much sometimes i think we hold their hand too much well you know what right now if you're not a young man and can't handle your business you're gonna fall on your face and I, that may be a good thing for some of these kids like handle your stuff we're going to be calling we're going to be checking and but we can't hold your hand you gotta you gotta you gotta be a man right now and and i I almost think maybe this it could be a good life lesson for your current guys where they have to, you know, nobody's going to check on you and say, hey, did you get that? You know, Pat Holmes isn't going to come by practice. Did you get that paper in today? How did that go? I mean, you know, like grow up and do it. And, and so are we holding their hand too much? Part of it is making a man out of them. Mason, man, good show as always. Is there anything that maybe I omitted from recruiting or anything else you want to add to stuff? I don't think so. Other than uh, you know, the running back recruiting is heating up with LJ Johnson out of Texas and then Donovan Edwards, a running back, looks to be narrowing down between Michigan and Notre Dame. I'll definitely have some more information on that as we look forward to our next show, Todd. Yeah, it'll be a couple weeks, folks. We're going to do this two weeks at a time. If something breaks, we will certainly pop in another show for you. And we want to be your gold standard. To give you analysis, recruiting, news, we will talk again next time. Yeah, absolutely. That, your gold standard.